The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use code Ross. That's code Ross for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday, and class is in session with Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University momentarily. Gigantic week 15 already. In the National Football League, if you can believe that. And we'll be giving away more winners tomorrow. I love it. Spread the word, winner. Via social media, I'm looking for a new TikTok follower. At Ross Tucker NFL on TikTok. If you've never tried it, it's actually pretty cool. Follow me at Ross Tucker NFL. Jack does an awesome job with the videos. Sponsor confirmation email winner. You can still take advantage of any of the sponsors this week. How about First Leaf Wine? Take advantage of that. Send me the screenshot, Ross at RossTucker.com or MyFrontPageStory.com. And you get a great chance to be the Spread the Word winner uh, or a sponsor confirmation email winner. And then YouTube shout out as well, YouTube.com slash NFL Might give, another, give away another Madden tonight as a result of that YouTube giveaway as well, YouTube.com. Slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. He is at Greg Cosell, and it's Big Show time. The Big Show. You know him. You love him. He joins us every Thursday, 43 years at NFL Films, the executive producer of the NFL Matchup Show on ESPN. And we got a big game tonight, Greg, uh, for both teams. It's the Niners, and it's the Seahawks. What interests you, or what should we be looking at in this one? I think there's a lot going on here. Um, the Seahawks have really struggled to stop the run all season long for a variety of reasons. Um, I thought the Panthers did a really good job with the use of formation and motions to kind of create softer boxes, particularly in the second half. They did a great job of getting Brooks, a linebacker for Seattle. Jordan Brooks, a very good player. They did a really good job of kind of getting him removed from the box and running the football. Um, but overall, they've not stopped the run well at all. So the Niners, their run game really started to come on last week. Um, of course, the other side is Brock Purdy. And Purdy's played very well in two games. And there's two things that kind of stand out that are very interesting that, that make him a little different from Garoppolo. 
and it'll be interesting to see how Kyle Shanahan d- deploys him. Um, he gives you far more of the boot action pass game, the play action boot pass game than Garoppolo does. And I think that's something that Kyle Shanahan would always like to do because it really plays off well of the, with the run game, Ross, as you know. Uh, the other thing with Purdy, which, you know, I think he just naturally does better than Garoppolo is he's got movement ability. He can move in the pocket uh, and he can make second reaction plays. And he made a few last week. Um, so through t- two games, you know, Purdy has played well. Obviously, it's not a large enough sample size to say anything definitive about his career. Um, you may know this, but there were a lot of teams that didn't even have him listed as a priority free agent coming out of Iowa State. So it's it's hard to know. Uh, no one should make any, you know, strong statement about someone's future after two games in the league. All we have is the two games, and the tape's been good. And I'll say this, Greg. I've been asked about him a lot this week on different media outlets. Sure. What you said about his legs, that's what jumped out to me. Yep. He's not Trey Lance, but he can run for a first down. Without question. He can run a little bit. And on the boot action or anything, makes a big difference. I mean, yeah. I, I would love to know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to quantify it, Greg. But like in my head, um, not all first downs are created equal. And like third and long where the defense has the right call on and everybody's covered and they did a great job, but you get the first down anyway because the quarterback runs for the first down. That is a killer, Greg. No, a lot no of times question. you're not going to have the right call on. A lot of times you're not going to have perfect coverage. So to have that, and you should be getting off the field, but the guy kills you because he runs for a first down. I don't believe all first downs are created equal. I think that's like a, a more valuable first down, if that makes sense. No, and I understand totally. And, you know, he did that in college. He was a guy who moved around a lot. So this is not something new for him. He did this in college. That's the way he played. I think that's built into his DNA. He's a mover. Um, he can make throws on the run. You know, and as we discussed uh and I think we've discussed this over the years talking about Kyle Shanahan's offense is that offense is not dependent on your quarterback having a big arm. You know, if you're just evaluating Purdy coming out of college without thinking about what team he might go to, you're just evaluating the player. You would say his arm strength is probably at the average level by NFL standards, but in the Kyle Shanahan offense, you don't really need a big gun to be a successful quarterback. So he's in a really, really good spot. Let's talk about the game I'm calling on Saturday, Greg. It's the Colts and the Vikings. You got to help me out with this a little bit. You can say whatever you want about this game. But I look at the Vikings defense, and I see Daniil Hunter and Zedaria Smith, as well as Dalvin Tomlinson. I see Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks. I see Harrison Smith. How are they this bad? Yeah, they're really struggling. They give up a lot of big plays. Um, you know, in the secondary, they've really struggled at the corner opposite Patrick Peterson. And I would say that the tape tells you that Peterson is not the same player he was years ago. Um, you know, Ed Donatel does come from the Vic Fangio school, but not all Vic Fangio disciples are created equal in the way they ultimately call their defense and execute their defense. So simply saying, hey, it's a Vic Fangio defense, that makes it really good. It's not the same. It all depends on on the coordinator and how it's called. 
Um, they've had a lot of uh, problems on the back end. Obviously, Harris, Harrison Smith is a good player. I actually think the other safety, Bynum, is is going to be a good player as well. Where they've really had a hard time is corner opposite Peterson because they've had a lot of injuries and they've had to play a lot of people. But they're essentially a zone defensive team. They don't blitz very much. And normally, normally the Vic Fangio style defensive coaches show you that split safety look and then move to a lot of different things off of that that make it difficult for quarterbacks post-snap. My sense watching the Vikings on tape is they don't do a lot of that, that there's not as much mystery to their defense after the snap as there is to some other uh, of the Vic Fangio disciples. Let's talk Saturday night, Greg. Big one. Yep. Dolphins at the Bills. And I feel like there are things to be discussed about both teams. Obviously, a lot of people curious what's going on with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, look, they played last week against um, the Chargers. Uh, and, and what Brandon Staley did, and he's a young, aggressive coach, um, he did what m- almost every other team this year in the league has not done. He lined up and he played press man coverage. He also played a lot of cover two, which, as you know, allows the corners to disrupt routes off the line of scrimmage because they have two safeties over the top playing deep. And he... He took the approach that, hey, if you're going to beat us, you're going to, you'll beat us and you'll beat man. Because here's what we know about the Dolphins offense. It's quick rhythm, quick timing. You don't get to Tua in normal down and distance situations because the ball's out too quick. So if you can't get to Tua and you can't disrupt him in those normal down and distance situations, Ross, then who do you have to get to? You have to get to the receivers. You have to disrupt their routes. So Staley was very aggressive doing that. He even allowed Mike Davis, who's their boundary corner, because the Chargers play boundary and field with their corners. He even allowed Mike Davis at times to essentially play zero man on Hill so he could take the boundary safety and bring him inside to close down windows. So they were very aggressive with that approach. They only got burned one time on the Hill 60-yard touchdown, and that kind of stopped the the pass game from being consistently effective. Now, I'm not a blueprint guy. Not every team is going to do that. There are teams that won't do that. There are teams that's not in their DNA to do that. And obviously, Mike McDaniel and staff now have seen that, and they'll have a response to that. But last week, it was really effective for the Chargers against the Dolphins pass game. Let's move on to... um... Bears Eagles. I know you watch a lot of Eagles. Yeah. Um, and now they play the Bears coming off the bye. I don't really know what to say about the Eagles at this point, Greg, other than they're, they're really, really good. I mean, is there, I mean, is there anything like, are we breaking any news here? Is there anything interesting? No, I think that, um, they're a pretty complete team. Um, you know, offensively, they've been really good the last number of weeks. Look, you've talked about this because I've seen, I've seen you talk about it. I think it both for, for, let's put it this way for the Eagles. It all starts on both lines. Um, I spoke to a coach that played them this year who said um, an offensive coach who said defensively, everything starts with their defensive line. They're really good up front with their D line. And I've seen you talk about their O line. I don't know if we've seen a quarterback as consistently as Hertz have clean, secure pockets where 
he's just really, really comfortable. Now, is he making good throws? Of course he's making good throws. But the point is, is he's rarely under duress. And that's very, very rare in this league, as you know. So true. Let's talk Cowboys-Jaguars. Yeah. Cowboys didn't look great against the Texans. And Trevor Lawrence, that's two out of three games, Greg, where he looked like, you know, people were hoping he might look like. Yeah, and and, and don't forget, that's Doug Peterson's offense. And Doug Peterson learned in this league under Andy Reid. So you see a lot of similar concepts. We know that those concepts do get people open. Um, and they played last week a Titans team that, as the season has progressed, can't rush the quarterback because they've had injuries. Um, and defensively, they have significant injuries uh, in the secondary, so they've had to change up how they play. They've essentially had to play hooker, a safety, as their slot corner last week. And I'm talking about in passing situations, not on first down, where a lot of teams play big nickel with three safeties, but I'm talking about where it was third and long. So they had to play more zone coverage, and pretty much the uh, the Jaguars kind of ate it up. And, and uh, without a pass rush, which the Titans don't have, Lawrence was pretty comfortable in the pocket. It'll be interesting this week. We know the Cowboys have a pass rush, and we know the Cowboys play a lot of man coverage. So this is a different game for the Jaguars. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out, but there's no question that Trevor Lawrence is looking much, much better over these last three, four weeks. Surprisingly big game, Lions and the Jets. Yep. There's stuff to say about both these teams. My one comment is, Greg, I don't, I can't remember the last time I saw a quarterback take some of the shots that Mike White yeah. took and still play. Holy crap. Yeah. And then obviously there's a toughness factor there. He's, he's strong in the pocket. He'll turn the ball loose. Um, I guess as we speak today, it looks like he'll go this weekend. Um, you know, you know, Ross, being an old lineman, when your quarterback is tough like that, that that, that permeates throughout the whole team. Um, but I, I will say this. Let's talk Lions for a second here because the Lions, you know, they've become a pretty good offense. They score a lot of points. They have a really good old line. It's not talked about very much, but their old line is good. When Jared Goff is comfortable and secure in the pocket and they're a heavy play action team, old school play action, Ross, he's under center. And remember, when you're under center, what does that mean in play action? It takes longer for their mesh point to show itself so second-level defenders can't react. They have to wait until that gets cleared. So it's not a matter of, oh, they're attacking the run. It's just they can't go anywhere. They can't retreat to their zone coverage if it's zone zone coverage responsibilities because they've got to wait to see the mesh point clear, and it takes longer when the quarterback is under center. So this is a pass game that's been really good. They now have Jamison Williams, and he adds a vertical dimension, as we saw last week. Um, they're kind of a fun offense to watch, and they're playing against a really good Jets defense. I know Quinn Williams, I guess he's somewhat questionable as we're speaking now, but their defense has really good players at all three levels. You were talking Titans um, earlier and the issues they're having on defense. It doesn't sound real good going against the Chargers and Herbert the way he looked the other night. No, no. And again, because the Titans have not been able to generate much pass rush, that could really benefit the Chargers, whose O-line has been a problem all year. I mean, Herbert played really well against Miami, but he had to move a lot. And he and the operative word there is had to, because his O-line was not pass protecting well, and he made big-time movement throws. Um, and he can do that. He's more than capable of that. 
Um, and I would expect them, because the Titans have had issues in the secondary, I would expect to see some shot plays in this game where they go max pro and push the ball down the field now that they're, all their receivers are back. Williams, Allen, and Josh Palmer has become a factor due to the injury. So if you just look at this game and analyze it the way we are now, it would appear that the Chargers would be able to throw the ball effectively. Of course, you and I know things often don't happen the way they might look, but that's what it would appear looking at this game. And the Titans offense is, you know, I'm not really sure where to go with that. You know, they, they got behind last week and they only, I gave think were able to give Derrick Henry three carries in the second half. We know that that's still the way they want to play, but if you want to play that way, your defense has to be a big factor. Yeah, they gotta try to get the lead here and run the ball down the Chargers throat, which yep. you can absolutely do. Let's talk Bengals, Bucks, Greg. The Bengals and the Bucks. Well, a couple of things stand out to me here. We've talked Burrow in that past game numerous times. I think the Bengals defense has been a little bit overlooked. I think Lou Anaramo does a great job. You know, I think the reason people don't look at this defense that often is you could argue they don't have that one impact playmaker that you just stands out that you say, wow, look at that guy. But they have really good players at all three levels. Um, you know, obviously Hedrickson did have 14, 15 sacks a year ago. I don't think he's going to get there this year, but uh, he's a good player. Hubbard's a really good player. Logan Wilson is an excellent linebacker, and he's not talked about enough. He's a three-down linebacker. And Pratt, his partner at linebacker, is very good as well. And I think they've gotten a boost, believe it or not. You know, Awuzie went out at corner, and he's a good player. But the rookie Taylor Britt from Nebraska has stepped in, and he's played really well. And He's an attitude guy. He plays with swagger. He plays with competitiveness. He's feisty. He's a he's played really well for them. So I think this defense has played a lot better than it, than it's talked about, simply because we always focus on Burrow in the passing game. So um, I, I have to ask you this. When you watch the the Bucks offense, yep, primarily O line. Like, how much Brady? How much are you curious about the scheme and what they're doing? They're just so hard to watch. I would agree with that. Um, you know, it's hard to talk about scheme because we're not there. But I would say this: they don't run the ball well at all, and they're particularly poor running the ball on first down. They get stuck, Ross, with far too many third downs. They've had to face, as an offense, the second most third downs in the league this year. 15 third downs yeah. per game. That's too many. And that that's a problem. Um, and the O-line is an issue. And Brady needs an O-line. You know, he's always needed one. But later in his career, he's not quite the pocket mover that he was. And he does not want to get sacked. And he does not want to get hit. So there are throws where he falls away where he's not really stepping into throws and he misses throws because of it. He's missed a lot more throws this year than we've probably ever seen him miss. And some of them are because he simply does not want to get hit and he does not want to stand there and take a sack. So he just throws incompletions um, and they have no running game to fall back on. And that's a real problem. Well, that's certainly what it looks like. What about uh, Sunday night football, Greg? Really big yeah. game playoff game essentially commanders and giants yeah it's a rematch that that was the last game the commanders played because they're coming off a bye um you know i think what stood out to me in their first matchup and 
is the Giants had a 2013 lead late in the in the third quarter. And they pretty much decided, hey, we're going to try to run the ball at that point. You know, 2013 lead, late third quarter. We have Barkley. If we can run the ball, eat some clock, get some first downs, you know, our defense is pretty good. You know, we can kind of close out this game. They couldn't run the ball. You know, and, and it really speaks to Saquon Barkley and to what ultimately he is. And I've watched him really closely since he was at Penn State. And he is an explosive back. I mean, he can break one at any time, and that's his game. But I would say in, in studying him in detail, despite his size and his weight room strength, Ross, he's not really a confined space, grinded out runner. That's not really the strength of his game. And they could not do that against the commanders in the last game. And obviously it was an overtime tie. Um, so I'm going to be really curious uh, to see you know, how the Giants come out and play. I think they're somewhat limited in what they can do because of who they have to line up at receiver. Uh, but this, this is an intriguing game because you're right. This is, in a sense, a playoff game. Lastly, Greg, I'm also calling the Monday night game Rams at the Packers. Packers half off the bye. And last time we saw Baker, he went down the field at the end of the game to beat the Raiders. You you know, I asked you about him last week, and then he went out, played, and yeah. did some good things. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, obviously he made a couple of good throws on that final drive, made a couple of good throws throughout the game as well. Um, you know, he's going to get the opportunity now. I'm, I, you know, there's probably a sense that if he plays well in a Sean McVay offense, that, that he could be a guy that they look to as a future quarterback for them, depending on Stafford. And I know you've talked about Matthew Stafford's injury and uh, much remains to be talked about with that, but, um, you know, McVeigh's offense, theoretically, it hasn't quite worked out practically this year because they've not been able to run the ball with any sustaining ability. And, and I think they need to run the ball. And they did back when they had Goff and Gurley. They were a running football team to start. They've not been able to run like that. But it looks like a good fit. You know, just the way you look at, at Baker's traits and his attributes versus what McVeigh's offense is, that looks like a good fit. And my guess is he's going to get the rest of this season to play quarterback for the Rams. So I guess we'll find out. Check him out on social media at Greg Cosell. That is the key. So you know what Greg is up to at all times. Greg, thank you so much as always. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. You know what else I really appreciate? The FitBot app. Hadn't even heard of it, to be honest with you, until they started advertising on the show and I heard about him. It's awesome. It creates a workout routine that adapts as you improve. And for me, you know, I have kind of like a a small home gym here. I just kind of get into a rut. I just get into the same routine, doing the same stuff. I plateau. That's not good. And the FitBot app has helped me change things up. I don't know how their algorithm works, but it changes and updates your fitness plan as you go on the app. It's awesome. It's just nice to be able to have someone else changing things up for you. You put the equipment that you have into the app, and then it spits out exactly what would be a good workout. Some stuff I can't do because physically it's just not good for me, but they they tell you. I mean, I can say, no, that's not good. It, it really is cool. I'm, I'm amazed they were able to come up with something like this. And you guys can join FitBod today and build a routine 
that grows with you without slimming down your wallet. Get 25% off your subscription to try the app free by going to fitbod.me slash Ross. So think about that. It's just F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Ross. One more time to make sure you have it. F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Ross. Fitbod.me slash Ross. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ducks Takes. Good morning, Ross. We'll start with Cardinals GM Steve Kime takes a health-related leave of absence. Thinking about him, I know Steve. He's a central PA guy. Went to Redland High School, which is right on the border between York County and Dolphin County. He's been the GM for the Cardinals for a long time. Not sure what's going on there, obviously. Anytime someone leaves their job uh, for health reasons and takes a leave of absence like this, it it becomes concerning. So thinking about Steve, hope he's okay. Ducks takes. Troy Vincent says the NFL will have healthy discussion regarding making roughing the passer penalties reviewable. Well, they're going to need to, as long as they keep telling the officials, when in doubt, throw the flag to protect the quarterbacks like they've been taught. And that's what the officials have been taught. When in doubt, throw the flag when it comes to protecting the quarterbacks. As long as that is sort of the um, the standard they've been given, then they really do need the ability of someone to look at it quickly and say, "Yeah, no, we can't be we can't be throwing a flag for that." I, I know you guys are throwing the flag because you. Um, You've been told to, and you know that, but we can't be having a penalty for that. Like all these things, it's a matter of, you know, how long would it take, those type of things. It really, they really should be able to get to the point where for a lot of these, you can almost look at it real quick before the next play starts. So you're not even slowing things down unless you see something. And if you see it on two angles and you think it's okay, then that's fine. But if you see it on two angles and you're like, oh, no, then change it. I I don't think it should be that hard to have somebody that just real quickly looks at things that might be things that need to be looked at. And they don't have to look at every angle a zillion times. Just look at it a couple times quickly. And if there's an obvious error, fix it. Ducks takes. Jets promote Zach Wilson, number two quarterback. Yeah, I don't really understand that. Like, what what did he do, or what did Joe Flacco do to enable this? I mean, that sounds good, unless, and I know they want to keep Zach Wilson in the mix, and 
keep Jets fans excited about him. Sounds good until Zach Wilson goes at, I mean, until, until Mike White gets hurt and gets rocked again and Zach Wilson comes in the game and doesn't give him as good a chance to win as Joe Flacco and they lose the game against the Lions because Mike White got hurt when Aiden Hutchinson hit him and now Zach Wilson's out there and they don't have Flacco to save the day. Ducks takes. Marcus Mariota leaves the team in Atlanta but is going on IR with knee surgery. I don't know what's going on here. I feel like I need I need clarity here. This is a very weird situation, Jack. Because number one, he gets benched. After he gets benched, there's multiple reports that he leaves the team. Well, then there's reports out that his, I don't know if it's his wife or whoever, partner has a baby. Okay. But that's not what Arthur Smith, the coach, made it sound like at all. Arthur Smith, the coach, made it sound like he left the team. Then he's going on IR with knee surgery, which really makes you scratch your head because... Has he had a bad knee this whole time? Because he's been playing this whole time and he hasn't been on the injury report. Whatever's going on in Atlanta with Mariota, it's not good. It's kind of, uh, it's something the NFL is going to have to investigate because you can't, you can't be having this. You can't, you can't have stuff like this where guys leave the team, where guys go on IR with a knee injury, but they weren't on the report the whole time. It's not good. You know what is good, Jack? Labatt blue light. There is no better way to watch your team on game day than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt blue light in your hand. Stock up. Be the MVP of your tailgate and share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy it responsibly, of course. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ducks takes. Lastly, we got a big game tonight in the NFC West. San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Who do you like and why? You know, I guess I like the Niners to win by double digits, I think. I, I just, the Seahawks run defense is rough. The Niners defense is really good. I guess I just have a tough time. Unless Geno plays really well, I don't think the Seahawks are going to be able to do a great job slowing the Niners down. And I don't think the Seahawks are going to score that many points on the Niners' defense. They're that good. So this, to me, becomes like 27-17, maybe. Maybe the Seahawks score 17. So 27-17, I will go with the Niners to get the win. I'm also going with MyFrontPageStory.com as the best gift for Christmas. We're 10 days away. MyFrontPageStory.com. Give them something that speaks to the heart. Give them something sentimental. 
emotional that they'll have framed hanging in their house forever. Those that's the good stuff in life. It really is. Myfrontpagestory.com. Shout out to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sport of Culture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, Vision Comics with an X, BackOfficeScheduler.com, and of course, the aforementioned MyFrontPageStory.com. All the other shows are posted. Even Money, College Draft, both Fantasy Feasts, Business of Sports. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.